Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Matt, this week we could not have a guest on our show. Uh, because the guest we had booked in for this week uh, had to undergo uh, some kind of medical procedure. So this week is just you and me. Sounds good. How's that for a change? <laughs> Very good. The best topics is when we have uh, just one on one. Yeah. Huh? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure our guests are gonna <laughs> love hearing that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. We we have some uh, good discussions going on. I have a. Uh, another good topic lined up for you today. It's about uh, the power of big tech companies. Yeah, and this is something we've been, we've touched on on an earlier episode. Um, but uh, here's the thing: with Twitter banning um, Donald Trump from uh, from his account, um, we. You know that that was like a big deal. You had a um, a president in power who was literally removed from a platform. Uh, that was the beginning, platform. right? That was a you know that was a milestone. That was that a was big a milestone. Yeah. It's like the, and we're not talking about the president of of some whatever country. It's the president of the U.S. of A. You know? Exactly. Um, so we'll discuss that. But I want to also mention that. Um, this move was hailed on Twitter by by a lot of people as the right thing to do, and um, some prominent people, public figures in the United States, proclaimed on Twitter like um, they were too late with doing this. Um, but surprisingly, Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor. Uh-huh. Uh, actually expressed her concern. She said that uh, she thought the uh, the the ban was problematic. Uh, smart woman, no? Yes, because I don't know what was going on in her head, but I personally thought it was problematic as well. So what do you think of it? Is it problematic that Twitter can ban Trump? Well, uh, yeah. I think it is, yeah. I think I think so. The approach, first of all, the approach is uh, that they did was was not simply saying, "Well, this tweet is uh, inaccurate. It does not pass our uh, between double quotes uh, fact check." Um, so we're not going to let you post it, or. Um, this post has a problem. No, now they went through a full history of all the tweets and simply wiped out the whole account. Yes, and and to do this to a uh, a public figure, a politician who has through the years um, collected or managed to gather uh, thousands, um, maybe I don't know if he uh, hundreds of thousands, probably, probably. Uh, to simply wipe things out. So let's think of it this way. What if 50 years from now, some historian looks back at 2020 
or 2019 I said well let me see how were the event then who was sick in which side and who said the wrong things or the bad things even if you're looking for the bad stuff they're not gonna find it it's simply gone and that's problematic you know you can say look you can no more post here what you posted before we're gonna keep it we're gonna get rid of the fake stuff out of them for example or we're gonna put labels that say what you posted some of the posts that you did were not right so we're gonna kind of put a flag on them but simply to remove wipe history like that mm -mm, that's unacceptable now Twitter was but the first I think other people followed as well yes um, so um, I think even Spotify um, came out saying, "Oh yeah, we we removed uh, Donald Trump's account." I think I think if they Napster even, if Napster was still in business, they would have removed Donald Trump at this times. You know, look, I it don't was. know if it's true, but I even heard that uh, the what's his son's name, uh, like Byron Trump or something like the the young kid. Apparently, his Minecraft account was even. Uh, but I, I just I, I hope that's just um, um, you know fake yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's fake news. But I, I have a question for you, Matt. Yeah. Um, Twitter is a privately owned company, right? Yeah. So why do you think they should care about the historic nature? Like they're not an archiving company. True. They're, they're, it's not a historic document. Um, they're just doing like they, they live in today they don't live in, in a thousand years from now so why do you think it's you know not within their right like it, would you argue it's not within their rights because that brings up the question like once a company becomes uh, much more than a company do they take on other responsibilities but with those other responsibilities do not other powers come along because th that's I think the crux of the discussion but yeah. a, a little a little side note here is that when you when you went on and said hey um, so if historians look back on this you know all of the tweets are going to be removed this immediately reminded me of the fact that you know um, some of the uh, some of the pharaohs in, in ancient Egypt they had pretty much like their legacy removed like they were, people try to erase them from history. Like we, we rediscovered them. Um, so it's not like, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the first time that you see uh, a powerful leader uh, being removed from the records. Um, but okay, let's, true, let's true. Return, to, let's yeah. turn, return to the topic at hand. And, um, well, you, you know, so they do say, they do say that history is written by the, the victor or whatever the the how the expression goes uh, it is true right yeah uh, usually usually when there's a clash the winner kind of you know erases what they want and they they they, uh, they write whatever they want and, and that's we you know uh, sadly but okay uh, it, it happens and historians are there to go and, and dig back and try to uh, uh, give um, give us the full picture as much as they can when you see this happening in front of your eyes, uh, this is what the, 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 the tone, this is why it's a bit different. Now, yeah, it's a private company, Twitter. Uh, you can say they can do whatever they want. Um, now, um, 
you could so are we judging then maybe we are judging companies like human beings and we do expect some sort of uh, standards some moral standards a bit uh, for them to be uh, have a little of, of fairness um, maybe that's that maybe we are wrong about that maybe uh, maybe for maybe companies should not be treated like that well or should they I mean what are companies after all I know there are entities for profit but but it's not like robots that run on it's human beings this decision was made but by, I, I, uh, do, you do you know, not uh, do you think it's unfair to talk about Twitter like any company because we're, we're specifically talking about Twitter but it could, could be Facebook could be uh, Google yeah like we're talking about companies the likes of which has not existed on the face of the planet ever okay and there there were huge companies um, in history like the um, uh, the Dutch trading companies they were worth more according yeah. to calculations than even Apple is today. They're they're richer companies. But it's the first time that you see these huge tech companies that practically deal in nothing but ideas and information. Okay, because the, the Dutch trading companies, they they brought goods over from the other side of the world. You know, they brought spices and other products that were difficult to find uh, or, or unavailable in, in Western Europe. Like they, they brought those in, they hauled those in. But today, the big companies don't trade in, in goods. They trade in ideas. They trade in thought. They trade in speech. They trade in information. And they're worth a lot of money. And not only are they worth a lot of money, they're very influential in society. They've become cultural icons in that yeah. Twitter is not you know, a company. Twitter is an icon. Well, yeah. So, so you're right. And this this company is here uh, because they trade in in ideas, uh, and ideas come from humans, human beings. So it has been the trend has been, the trend has been that they are looking, you know, they trying to acquire the customer any way they want, or what seems to be the customer, or maybe our products for them, right? But they're trying to acquire people right so they are really just listening and, and giving you free services and say yeah please come post do this do that whatever the service they offer but the change we see here is that it, they're going the other way now they're saying like this way as if they, they now they stood up high enough and now they they're not in the point of saying they're not at the uh, at that same way okay yeah, we want people right simply we're going to respect you just come in just you know please respect the other one the, the others uh, you know please uh, you know uh, remove this 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 post you know but you're welcome to post some more these guys are becoming now look we are private we don't want you go away and you you come with these ideas go away as simple as that and and this is where we see now the shift, which happened really literally like at the end of 2000, right? It happens, uh, Trump being the the biggest uh, icon to be, to, to, to have gone through this, but- What even sure. the end of 2000? <laughs> well, that's when we saw this, This if we, if we are to pinpoint one 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 uh, one date in time when this happened, this started this, this transition from, uh, you know, I welcome you as a customer to I kick you out as a customer. I don't want you. It's new. This is a new. It's a new shift. So it's a, it's a transition to an, a different 
a different. Uh, Are you sure about this? Because Twitter used to cancel and accounts and 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 lock down accounts way before Trump, right? Although yeah. they did make clear that Trump Trump's has been banned permanently, even you know if he uh, after after this whole debacle, you know, settles down, he is he is banned permanently. But you could get banned for you know they they had um, guidelines if if you didn't adhere to them, you could be banned prior to to Trump. Trump is not the first person to be banned, right? Correct, correct. But again, now we see a shift where this is very public. It's very clear, um, and and this is uh, again um, the what what I uh, I uh, was uh, someone with that. Um, someone in, in in the public sphere at that level is not like um, me going to you know uh, you know uh, post something to the world right you know people not care about what they say right so I mean what they post it doesn't matter um, but this is to come in and simply kill the whole account and this wasn't just Twitter like you said this is everyone so they simply mm -hmm. said look we don't want you, whether you're Trump, whether your ideas, whether they're correct, whether they're not correct, we do not want you. Get out of here. And it happened across all all the uh, the platforms. And it happens uh, can, suddenly. Can I, can, I give it a diff can I give it a different approach? Like yeah. I think it was indeed a milestone moment. But the milestone was in the fact in the fact that a technology company literally said we are on our platform we have more to say and more to decide than the president of the United States of America who has the nuclear football who literally <laughs> has the capability of nuking a country and uh, Jack Dorsey uh, the CEO of Twitter says no you don't like on Twitter I'm the big guy on Twitter, I don't want you here I think that's what everybody made everybody draw in their breath like oh, what's going on like are we really are we really seeing this like the uh, Jack Dorsey CEO geek nerd tech guy actually being more powerful than the president of the United States of America when it comes to you know uh, deplatforming him well that's exactly what happened and we see this not just from um, Twitter we see it from all all the technology companies, not all, but most of the technology companies, the big ones, now they are flexing the muscles. And I think, and I think they, what, what happened in the last few years is that we could say that the media was the main, the main uh, place where um, people got a voice <laughs> in a sense to, to, to propagate their ideas. Uh, but in the last few years, these technology companies became the podium for for these ideas right for these people to speak and now they realize wait a second we are mm -hmm. you know we're big enough where we can dictate what we want and we it's not going to hurt us we're not going to be hurt for us to kick um, certain ideas out of our um, our platforms and obviously that affects the the idea as well right so yeah, for well, Trump, especially was, if you consider left with no, with no, uh, no voice. Yes, and that's what I wanted to uh, uh, talk about here is that 
especially if you consider Twitter uh, like a, as a political vehicle, that means as a way to, to reach uh, potential voters. Um, if Twitter is capable of saying, look, I don't like your ideas, so I don't want you on my platform, you're also blocking the way to uh, political victory to candidates whom you might not approve of. Well, that's so right now, right now, what they did was, um, you know, they say uh, we we don't like this uh, politician in power, so we're removing him. But uh, you know, an extension of this, if they start, and I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but you know, that's the whole slippery slope thing that people are afraid of. Is what if they see uh, a politician and uh, they they nip him in the bud and they say. You know, this guy, his ideas, we don't like that. You know, maybe he's a fascist, maybe he's a racist. Maybe he thinks big tech companies should be regulated. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you could say about some of these ideas, yeah, Twitter is right. Like, we don't want racist people. Because uh, I don't think you'd find many people who would be in support of, of racism. But what if I'm a politician and says, I, I think we should break down companies like Twitter like break them into smaller chunks and regulate them and maybe make them public companies. And Twitter might say, oh, we, we, we don't want you to win an election, so why don't we just uh, ban you from uh, tweeting? And that's pretty much, that kills you in today's world. Like you, yeah. you cannot become elected anymore if you're not on Twitter. Yeah, so, true, true. Well, let me, then, let me put it this way then. Um, for, for this move to happen, now and it did not happen like you mentioned that people argue why didn't twitter act on uh, trump before well my argument to that would be had they had he had he been in office for longer if it was the beginning of his term he would have taken actions against these companies and we saw how he was really you know trigger happy with the uh, executive orders right so even if he may not he may not be right about them or may not get away with all of them but he would still he would have made their life uh, miserable um, especially these publicly traded companies where any anytime you you hit them uh, anytime you bring doubts or bring uncertainty uh, into their their company and their their profits um, you know, they, they feel it a lot uh, through, um, you know, uh, via their investors. So so they, they kind of waited for the sweet moment when he's leaving and they all got together at once, including the media companies, the uh, TV stations, and they simply left him without a, a mic, basically, right? Without a voice. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, so... So this, these companies, they are private companies, they could say, well, I do not want, um, you know, I, I don't want you to be on Twitter. And, and the supporters of, of Trump, they, they, they went to the other platform, right, Parler, Parler, which is starting up and claims to be... Which was the platform by Google and Apple, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, exactly. So and even then the Amazon was pressured to, Amazon was pressured to not host them and then they were... Uh, uh, subjected to cyber attacks. Exactly. So now you you you. So let's look at these people that are being now deplatformed, right? These, these people, right? 
I I I do not agree, you know, with with their views at all. Uh, in general, we can talk. I do not agree with most of their stuff, and some of the stuff they they they, they may they may um, um, they may value are completely different than mine and and all. But when you look at Trump, who gets almost let's not even say 50% because he did not get 50% but this guy gets only like let's say above 45% of the vote I mean this is a lot of people that kind of mm -hmm. agree with 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 his ideas or share his ideas at least or share some of his ideas we cannot simply ignore these so this is like it's crazy it's crazy how this huge of um, a a concentration of 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 of, uh, of ideology uh, gets gets um, gets banned from voicing their opinion. It's amazing, really. It's a special time in our lifetime. I agree. Uh, it's a very special moment in our lifetime. I also find it to be concerning, actually. You know, like like Merkel. Um, and the reason why I find it concerning is, um, you know, aside from Merkel, other top-level European politicians have actually responded to, to what Twitter did. Um, uh, I think uh, the German uh, Seibert, Siebert, I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing the name correctly, he, concern, he was concerned by the fact that the decision to, to deplatform um, Trump came from uh, a social media manager and this was uh, echoed by um, uh, the French uh, Minister of Finance uh, Le Maire who said you know it's Twitter that decided to close his account and I, I agree with these politicians in that you know if it was a court like a, some kind of high-level court that says we find the president to be guilty of inciting violence, you know, or inciting riots or treason, even treason. And by order of the court, you know, we we shut down your access to social media so that you may not influence uh, the public anymore. I would not have felt this worried or concerned. Okay. But here you have a private company ran by people, you know, they, they have obviously have their own uh, political leanings, and but this is not about that. This is about the fact that they decide that they act justly based on their own moral compass. And like you say, deplatform somebody who had um, almost 50% of the votes and uh, you know who who could not find that concerning. Yeah, and on the other yeah. on the other hand, you know, it's funny how there's basically this this tech company. You know, not only did they did they ban the, the president of the United States from their platform, right now they're in a row with the with the Indian government about the uh, the protests going on in India where the Indian government is asking Twitter to do one thing, and Twitter's like, no, we're not complying. 
So basically, what they do whatever they want while at the same time influencing public. So where I want to bring this is like uh, wrap all of the the things that I said earlier into into this one point. You are a privately owned company, but you are not really a private company in that you're not just some garage down the road that's you know fitting tires to to trucks in a in a 10 mile radius no you you touch upon the lives of billions and you influence the daily lives of billions therefore yes you may be a privately owned company but you're not a private company you're almost like utilities like public utilities okay and I think because of that power, other responsibilities come into play. I'm not saying Twitter should be nationalized. Okay, I'm just saying there any there is a. It's not fair to look at them as just any company, you know. Like I said earlier, but also you know they're a private company. I don't care uh, if you're a private company. Your role, your your ability to to inflict change upon everyday lives of people globally is uh, something that should be taken into account when dealing with this company. Now, India is not the first government to have run-ins with Twitter. Um, if you remember uh, the, the Arab Spring, like mm -hmm. Twitter was a fundamental part of, of, of the discussion where you had parties saying like, shut, shut down Twitter, another party saying, no, no, Twitter is there for democracy. So Twitter has this built up steam in, in being uh, a vehicle for ideas, which they support. And now they're at the same time coming out and saying, you know, if it's an idea we don't support, we'll kill it off, even if it's from the president of the United States. I mean, notwithstanding that, what, uh, you know, I, I don't know the details of, of what Trump said, but that is the situation. And if a company is this powerful and this big and it decides that it's their mission to actually take political decisions, then we need to ask again, are you a private company? If you're a private company, why don't you sort of mind, <laughs> mind your own private business? Or why don't you have black and white guidelines that this is what we do? No, you're taking arbitrary decisions on political uh, viewpoints of the leadership within the company while hiding behind the shield of being a private company you're dealing in public matter and that I think is unfair yeah I think I think you make uh, it's a good point a very good point very valid I, I agree um, and the the thing is we see this in in we see something similar for example in the in the monopoly um, when you have for example let's look at Microsoft back in the day when when they were um, when Internet Explorer was viewed as you know you grew too big you are you, you do not let the competition we're gonna slow you down right and that gave rise to other browsers right this is the same thing now we're coming up with this we have these companies that, that kind of grew too big to the point where they are uh, shaking or um, influencing the the um, 
the, the political arena and but there's no no plan to to act um on it um so look i, I wanna let me put it this way if you recall again i think it was microsoft who released this bot just i think it was even in in twitter um that could learn this ai that could learn and answer and and talk like a human being I, I, I think it was in Twitter. It could have been another platform. I forgot. Um, or maybe in in Skype. I, I forgot. I forgot. Mm -hmm. So what happened? They released it, and this one started learning. And within a few days, in just a couple of days, it started starting, you know, uh, saying really racist. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that one. Okay, because yeah. when you talk about uh, the the chatbot. Yeah. That went really wrong. This is the this is the example, right? Um, exactly. So so yeah. let's say now when that one when that happened, what did Microsoft do? They said, wait a second, this experiment went wrong, and they shut it off. It wasn't like no, let's put an if statement. If the word is this word, we're gonna replace it with this word. No, they didn't do that. It was an experiment, and it was really cool. Everyone like wanted to try it. It went wrong, meaning morally it was not acceptable for for for, for <laughs> humanity at least uh, at this time, and they shut it off. Now here we're not gonna go to a private company and say we're gonna shut you off, um, but we could say, well, you know what, uh, you do not get to influence political issues, for example. That cannot be your concern because that has, because politics may have, may have um, um, implications in people's lives, may have implications in people's um, development, ideas, and that subject you don't get into it, for example. I'm not saying this is a solution, I'm just you know mm -hmm. thinking out loud in a sense. But something has to be done. Um, and it's yeah, Twitter definitely is is one of the ones that's. Um, it's very, let's say, politically. <laughs> yeah, um, polemical with with, yeah. with government and mm. yeah, um, in some countries it's really uh, it's, it's 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 really very influential. Uh, but okay, again, we yeah. see we see this from we see this everywhere. But again, the me again I highlight again the shifts in in um, in in. In the um, in how companies are behaving, um, um, I, the la the latest yes. example, latest example is Google. Well, it was I think it was from Australia. Australia asked Google that, well, you you know you um, you use um, well you, you index you index pages and 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 uh, people are consuming now news from you, and you don't go to. Uh, to a certain website, for example, so you need to pay us for all the the views of the news, for example. And before, a long time ago, when this happened, when someone goes to this big company, I said, hey, uh, we don't like this. They can say, okay, let's see if I can find a solution, and they would tailor their ways to, to, uh, to the country. I mean, even these companies are even operating fully in China, which is very strict and things like that. But in this case, they said, well, 
you know, we're not, you know, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna pay, but hey, we're gonna put our services from Australia completely. So they became now this threatening power because, again, they, they look at themselves differently than before. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah yeah. So that's, that's, again, this this is the, the change in in how they um, in yes, how they view themselves. They, 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 I, I agree. There was a definitely a climb to power. The uh, the the Trump thing really is is a milestone in literally these companies flexing. I have no other word for it. They're they're flexing right now, showing yeah. how much power they have. Uh, but I still, you know, I, I feel like I'm repeating my, my first point. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't go in influencing the public life of people while hiding behind the shield of being a private company. You, ha you yield this much public power and you choose to arbitrarily use it along the lines of your own political alignment or your own political interests, then you, sh you know, I don't think you deserve to be uh, treated like a private company. And I'm not saying, you know, here's the thing. Uh, if you ask me, hey, what's the solution to this? I don't know. Like, I know all, uh, nationalized media is not a solution at all. I see it from uh, some countries where, where, the, where you have this national network and nationalized media. It's not a solution to anything. Because the the abuse of the of the power can come come from there as well. Yeah. To me, the the problem seems to be like I, I don't have a solution to to who should rule this this big machine. But the 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 solution, if there is one, I think is really in creating alternatives that are as valid as Twitter, or as valid as Facebook, or as valid as Google. Now, what these companies are doing is they're they're buying up any type of competition that could you know be be any threat to them in the future but at the same time like you said when when there was a shift from people uh the the exit from twitter onto par parlor or, or parlay um you saw that i'm not saying twitter did this but there was also an attack on that platform so the 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 monopoly of twitter alongside with their behavior is is what's causing this if twitter was one of 10 companies of equal size and importance People would have a choice, but right now you don't have a choice. And kudos for linking this to the to the Internet Explorer situation with Microsoft. Yeah, it is a monopoly, and maybe the the only solution is you know making sure that regulations are in such a way that you don't harm Twitter, but you give enough breathing room for uh, other similar companies to to grow and become competitors to Twitter, and where. For example, you have multi, like, look at newspapers as a medium. Now, newspapers are a pretty old medium, right? Mm -hmm. And you, well, we, we're seeing new transformations here as well, but uh, take 50 years ago, you, you sort of knew from each newspaper, it has its own history, it's had its own political leaning, it has its own moral leaning, and you just buy that newspaper because you think, you know, people, like to see their own prejudices confirmed so y you don't read the newspaper that's gonna <laughs> you know upset you every 
morning. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, I can't believe what I'm reading. No, you're reading that the newspaper that makes it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you, we've seen that you have multiple newspapers and they cater to a variety of audiences. And either Twitter has to, and you know, Google and Facebook have to go along that direction, you know, catering to everybody, or they should make space for uh, alternative players. And again, I'm not saying I agree what what the what the uh, alternative people have to say, you know. But um, the monopoly and this much public influence doesn't sit right with me either. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's fun times. <laughs> fun times as far as exciting. There is a uh, you know um, there there is uh, un uncharted territory <laughs> we're facing. I think. Um, so we'll see how things will 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 evolve. Um, yeah, okay, I just want to say one more thing, yeah. Matt, since I brought up newspapers as well. <sighs> y- you know, um, I did my PhD on um, uh, newspaper history, um, specifically of the Ottoman Empire and the Middle East, some comparative studies of, you know, the United States, Europe as well. But generally speaking, um, whether it's Twitter or a newspaper or a newsletter, or a network of um, messengers on horseback, what you're doing is you're disseminating information. So for a political structure um, to be able to communicate with its farthest uh, cells is imperative in order to control, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're, you're the emperor in Rome. If you cannot communicate with... Uh, uh, some of your subjects in, uh, let's say, uh, Syria, you can't control them, right? So mm-hmm. you send people on horseback. Um, you have you have a road network. You have people going on ship, going left and right. And the faster you can do this, and uh, the more volume you ca- of information you can send back and forth between this political structure, the better the control is you have, right? Mm-hmm. So um, as technology grows, we see. Um, Historically, I think you could argue that um, they become like th- these mediums that allow for information travel become always very politicized. Newspapers have won elections, okay? That means that people who publish newspapers were political powers, okay? That means that the people who bought um, advertising space in newspapers were funding political power okay so we shouldn't be surprised to see twitter and facebook maybe even google in the same uh, pattern historically speaking because you are looking at um like uh, nerve nervous systems right yeah these are the pathways of information in a society like if society is comprised of individuals and we sort of combine ourselves into these configurations that are more than the individual, you know, like communities, groups, these media are the nervous system, okay? Mm-hmm. And to me, 
and this is very idealistic and it's never going to happen, but the job of the nervous system is to transmit information. Mm. But the moment the nervous system says, I'm not going to transmit information, I'm thinking for myself and I'm going to modify the information, you know, in a body, that's not a healthy thing. It'd be like your hand is on fire, but your nervous system is telling you, no, nothing is wrong. Or the other way around, there's nothing wrong with your hand, but you feel immense excruciating pain. Because that's where the nervous system is basically surpassing its um, its job. Its job is to communicate, like uh, transfer information. Yeah. But that's too idealistic because in history, we've never seen a medium that did not bring interpretation. And uh, I don't even know if it's escapable or not, or whether we're, we're always doomed to, to see the politicization of of technology like this. Well, but yeah. yeah, like you said, at least well, these are interesting times. The technology, <laughs> so it, it's true. It's good that you, you bring you bring um, the the um, the newspapers, the newspaper and and, and the and the press into this. So it, it, it seems like, uh, and I think <laughs> not many would would uh, um, not many would disagree. Um, so the technology companies are. Has have taken over. Um, first of all, um, uh, well, well, they've taken over Hollywood. Uh, the, the the you know the biggest you know entertainment producer, let's say, they are the process of doing so, and I, I believe now they are also taking over uh, the media in general. What do you mean? What do you mean they took over Hollywood? What do you mean taking over in ho- uh, media in general? Um, so uh, when I say taking over Hollywood, uh, when you look at, for example, Netflix. Which, which is not a Hollywood entity, right? It's really mm-hmm. a technology company with now um, having its own shows being produced. And we see this by them also by Amazon and by, uh, by Apple and by, by Google. And so these are all producers now of content. They distribute their own content. So they are getting the viewer's attention when it comes to entertainment. And before that was mainly something that HBO did and Cinemax and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm saying they, they're taking over. Um, mm-hmm. So that so that's that's that shift is happening. So start already. Now we do see that they also have control over uh, the, the 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 media, right? So for example, um, the Washington Post is is uh, is a uh, is owned by uh, uh, you know. Uh, Jeff, uh, Mr. Jeff, right? <laughs> Jeff Bezos, right? If that's his, uh, that's his name. Um, we see, we see that people consume, um, consume news through um, uh, social media, um, and even in, in through messaging, um, instead of watching the, uh, watching the, uh, uh, the TV channels. So we see we see this this change, um, and I think this is what kind of gives them the powers uh, the power now to kind of start flexing their muscles. Um, now, the solution you said you don't you don't see a solution, kind of. But no, I I wouldn't. You know, I I can give you ten solutions, but. They're, none of them are infallible. That's the problem, isn't it? Because every solution you come to, we see historically that 
you know, like you, you make it a public thing, you know, governments abuse it, you make it private, private companies abuse it. Uh, you split it up into chunks. Well, over time, they get absorbed, they conglomerate, they, they get absorbed into one again. So it's, there's this uh, continuous, like it's, it's, it's a process. The well, solution is a process, yeah. it's not a final state. But why, why did we get into this problem to start with? Let's put it that way. Because there has always been a clash in ideas. And what you described as far as with the newspaper, when you have an emperor, a newspaper or even a message, newspaper having to send their um, messenger to, you know, faraway land, and they have to be on the, uh, on a horse, you know, uh, galloping for, you know, four days just to, to deliver one letter, right? And and uh, that message got delivered and someone, I'm sure someone agreed, some people didn't agree. Um, uh, why is it that now we have problems with different ideas clashing uh, or causing this disturbance and we did not have it before? Because it comes with the democratization of the medium. So <clears throat> if you look at... Um, if you look at transporting information, okay, in the prehistoric times, how did you transport information? You had a person and he walked somewhere and he could share the idea with someone else who would then walk with that idea, you know? So the, the bandwidth for information to travel was very limited. So when you look at um, a network of um, uh, horseback um, driven messaging you know like uh, the romans had or even the ottomans had um you say okay here is you can send information much faster much correcter because it's written down now it's not verbal information somebody wrote it down um it's uh, orders of magnitude faster than you know the way information traveled in, in prehistoric times but it's still not very democratic to be able to send a message from um, Rome to uh, whatever, um, you know, Sevastopol, it, it's not the baker uh, or the or the farmer that can use those those systems, right? You need to be in a uh, an elite status, you know, at least in the government or very wealthy to send that message to access the the bandwidth. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we've seen over time with technology that um, information teleportation, <laughs> to put it that way, mm -hmm. the shipping of information has become extremely cheap. So we saw um, the the telegraph, we saw the wireless telegraph, we saw radio. We saw the democratization of print. You know, we got we saw newsletters. We saw printed newspapers. So information, spreading information became much more accessible to the general public. Suddenly, like not suddenly, but <laughs> you know, over the course of, of hundreds mm -hmm. of, yeah. of years, yeah. like, uh, but suddenly there was a point in time where um, John Doe sitting in his kitchen, it's like, I'm going to write an opinion piece. I'm going to send it to the Washington Examiner or the, the Manchester Guardian or whatever. And 
he was going to sit down and say, you know what really grinds my gears? You know, like you and I having this podcast is an example of this. You know, he's going to sit down and say, I really hate it when this and this happens. And he, he just puts it in the mailbox. That information gets transported to the editorial. The editorial ac- uh, the, the editors accept it and it gets printed and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people read his idea. Therefore, it, and he has access to more people and to more minds you know, in in the in the eighteen hundreds, he had access to more people and more minds in a cheaper way than the emperor of Rome had. The most powerful man on the planet of the uh, on the, on the face of the planet did not have that much reach, that cheaply. And now, with computers and the internet, the bandwidth has grown again exponentially. Okay. And I think that's the difference. So the democratization of the medium also makes it easier for uh, ideas to clash. The network of the of the the horse uh, the horseback messaging network of the of the Roman Empire probably was not the place where people duked out. Um, political ideas on whether um, there should be like uh, one emperor or it will be an elected emperor is somebody who, who needs to come out of the army do we have a western you know, em- empire or a southern empire you didn't have room or space or a necessity for that type of discussion but the democratization of the medium introduces the clashes I think well could could, could it be that now it's a um, question could it be that um, this did not happen in the past because the the other opinion or the uh, we're not going to call the minority opinion but the weaker opinion was crashed completely or did not even have a voice at all which is really what you're saying uh, so it never even stood a chance um if it didn't even stand a chance at all of of um, of competing, and now that's so that's what you're saying. I think I think now that I think of it, it's exact message. Um, so basically, now every idea could see um, the light of day. Like in a way, yes, your your dissenting opinion. Like, how are you going to put that on the network? How are you going to dis- disseminate that over the? Of the uh, uh, the Roman Empire, like look at Christianity, you know, as an idea. Um, how long it took for that idea to actually spread, and you know, its adaptation. We see, you know, a much faster the the this, the this rate at which changes occur in the minds of people has accelerated with the ease of access to the minds of people because of technology, okay? Where we had disciples who would walk around, you know, like, oh, there is, you know, there is this guy or, you know, uh, this figure and he did this and that, you know, telling stories, uh, converting people, uh, bringing people on board to an idea. It was tedious, it was expensive. The most high-tech thing, like I said, was a horseback rider. Now, you and I were just sitting in our rooms recording our voices, putting them onto the cloud somewhere and and people can listen to this. 
it's different. Dissenting opinions can travel very fast. But okay. Look, this is this is all I think we're we're losing track of our topic here. And our topic was what's up with Twitter um being able to to uh ban the account of the of the president of the United States of America. So maybe we should <laughs> return to that topic and um uh well, I, I want to do it in this way yeah. well, you, know, I, I, yeah. you know we're I, I think i think we're i think the so the, the flow of ideas that's uh, i'm gonna go back i'm you know, sorry i i know i want to i have to get back to that right so the clash of ideas for it to be problematic this day in, in this day and age and back then it wasn't this is what caused kind of Twitter, uh, which is just a, a platform that gives you that people connect, it it gave rise to the um, the CEO or whoever it was, right? Uh, people with 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 the influence there or with with power there to say, well, I'm gonna exercise my power now because I want my ideas to be um, to be the ones dominant. Now, exactly. I, it's like he, he's saying, "I own the the uh, the horse messaging network. I don't want your messages on my network." But this is the problem. Is this the problem? Is this this person could have thought also the same way? Could have said, "Wait a second, I have a lot of power here, and if I take any side, I would do a lot of influence, and I shouldn't do it." And that's a stronger. That, that's a more difficult thing to do and a more of a manly thing to do <laughs> for that matter is having the power and not exercise it it's not like I have a little bit of our, our power I'm going to consume it that would have been even you know I would have more respect for someone like that but but in general I think when democracy was first introduced as an idea for first initially say hey the majority of people we're going to go with the voice of the majority right the first thing that came to mind I was like wait a second what if this majority says, hey, there's these few people that are really rich, let's take their money. They're going to win all the time because they're the majority. And then there was like this this kind of, well, yeah, yeah, we could then make it where we can make an exception. They have to respect the minority, blah, blah, blah. That's a blah, 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 truly blah, blah, blah. But the real philosophy... I don't, I don't but I think, I don't, ag I don't agree with well, that because the, what I, the, the, the core thing of, you know, the core tenet of democracy is not, let's do what the majority says because... Basically, the majority, you know, the, if if they are organized and powerful, they're already doing what they want. The the one of the core tenets of democracy is let's protect the minorities from the mi majority. Well, no, that wasn't how initially how it started. Now it it it, it shifted, it's morphed into what we see today. But the initial when it was at first, when it was first kind of as an idea, one of the solutions to that which is the most efficient solution, in my opinion, is that when you say democracy, you need to have, you need, you need to have um, an equal, um, uh, equal, um, what do I put it? The, the society has to be a bit more equal than they would resemble. This way you don't have the size that would, that would be like, this is us and this is you. It'd be like kind of more balanced. 
so then you don't have this uh, this crazy ideas of like me like a lot of people take a decision on something small because if you say democracy and we're gonna vote or something then th- I, I don't I don't care what you tell me as far as no protecting the minority no I could tell you no we could say what the majority says we're gonna do it why not do it why not do it or else what makes <laughs> what makes this yeah. what what if we say tomorrow we all vote that we're gonna take the top one percent and we're gonna we're gonna take away half of their wealth they're not gonna go hungry they're not gonna go poor which is just take half and split it between everyone Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a democratic. It would have been <laughs> if you put in a uh, if you go vote for it. It's it's fully democratic. It fits democracy. It does not hurt that 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 minority. By no means it hurt them. There, there's no there's no way that they get hurt. Look, Matt, fair point. But but, but you again, know, but, but, but again, so I'm yeah, sorry. So it's it's breaking those differences between people. Now, what's happening now is that. The, disc- the, f- f- the 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 arena became very uh, polarized, right? And this is because there is no not too many common values. Again, it comes from there are no we're losing values. With more, with this open world, and with the information flowing left and right, and and these broken families, um, you have you have you lo- we lost a lot of values. There's no solid values. People change left and right easily. So any idea that comes to them, it swipes them away. And these politicians, it's not just the, the uh, politicians are like almost like the magicians, right? When you have a magician on the stage, they do crazy stuff and you're like, whoa. But these are obviously, these politicians are like the, the ones that kind of make things look different. They get your attention. They make the idea look really, whoa. This is good. This, that, and this is not just one person. You have a team working together to make, even if it's a an idea that's not good for everyone, they make it sound like it's fantastic. So they get to polarize people like this, and yeah, we end up in 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 this in this ideas floating around until someone comes in and says, "Well, wait a second. Uh, we can, you know, we can stop this whole side from speaking." And, and they're not going to be able to speak, not just on our platform, but we're going to make sure that our friends out, uh, out there uh, that are hosting their app, that they remove hosting from them for them not to have a voice at all. I think this is how we got here. It's, it's, it's not having, not having fo- a foundation uh, as, a, as humanity, as human beings. We're losing that. You know what I think, Matt, is that um the whole topic of what twitter did you know or big tech companies or the power they yield or the responsibilities they must carry these are such fundamental questions that they're actually they're not about technology anymore they're about deeper topics and that's how you and i ended here um on you know as we're talking like we're, we're talking about twitter banning trump but we went to you know <laughs> newspapers we went to what it means to have values as a society. So, um, for me, it just goes to show how inextricably connected fundamental philosophical questions and conundrums can be to technology. 
They are intertangled. They grow together with the technology, and the discussion we're having just shows that. Throughout human history, as we invent new things, new tools, and we start taking them into our lives, they become part of, of the questions we have, or they change the parameters of the questions we have. We're still dealing with the with the ages of old questions, like what is fair? You know, that's that's the f that's the question we're always asking, isn't it? Like, but mm -hmm. we're asking in different configurations. But I I just want to say I'm pretty sure we're not gonna answer that question today. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, and I thought, so, yeah, I thought if no. you made this a bit, a few more minutes longer, then we would solve world, the, you know, world issues. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So yeah, it's, the question is, uh, it, it goes quicker. Uh, but well, that shows you how big these companies became. So they are big mm -hmm. companies. They touch a lot of people, and obviously they touch. Uh, they got in, in in different fields beyond just the technology itself. Um, now the technology is a medium. Um, but yeah, it's it's beyond. But yeah, it's a uh, interesting times. <laughs> interesting times. That's the least we can say. Okay, Matt. Hey, do you know where people can find us online? <laughs> oh wow! But they haven't found me yet. Uh, um, me? They can find us on Twitter. Exactly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. They can uh, they can find us. We have a Twitter for the uh, for the podcast, which is mm -hmm. at Lazy People PC. Yeah. And where can they find you? Uh, me, they can find me at uh, madmed.com. M a d m e d dot com. And you can always try to find me on Baikal b a y k a l dot b e. But uh, who knows? Maybe you won't be able to find me there. Aha. <laughs> Mysterious. Good one. <laughs> Good one. Okay, Matt. Um I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I'm keeping this I'm cutting this episode short because you know, we have to, there we is have a to, lot yeah, yeah. there's a lot exactly. of meat on this bone. Yeah. There's I, a lot I of potatoes in this yeah. soup. Yeah. I think we highlighted the 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 shift that we noticed and I think that many other people have noticed it probably and those that haven't uh, it's a start for them to uh, reflect on the new realities uh, I think uh, yeah. good job. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Nice talking to you again, man. Uh, take care. Catch you later. Bye bye.